believe in the tooth fairy, but I believe Jesus gives $10 for a tooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just get, they get more expensive as you get older. Praise God. Anyway, I just thought I'd sow that into your life, brother. Anyway, hey, very excited. All right, are we ready with a video? This video will share a little bit about what these guys do, and then I'm going to bring Jean-Paul up, and he's going, to, he's going to minister the word, and I already know what it is, and I'm telling you, you're going to be very blessed. It's a very foundational thing, um, and it's going to challenge you. Amen? I know we never do that here, but... <laughs> All right. It's go time. All right.
All right. Well, praise God. So that's a little bit about what they're doing in some of the nations they're doing it in. Um, I've known John Paul and Josette for many, 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 many years. My first missions trip out of the country was was with John Paul. We went to the Ivory Coast of Africa, and let me tell you, it was an experience. I learned a whole bunch of stuff. I learned all about spiritual warfare and and spiritual realm, and it yeah. yeah anyway, go sometime. Um, we ate things that I didn't know humans could consume. <laughs> Praise God. But uh, anyway, he's been a real blessing in my life. Um, he saw a call in my life long, long before I ever did as far as being a pastor. I never in my wildest dreams. I mean, I remember telling God, there is no way I would ever pastor a church. Never. So just to show God's God, he gave me two. Anyway. So don't ever tell God, no, he can't do something because he can do whatever he wants to do. He's got this attitude. He thinks he's God. <laughs> you know? So anyway, Sean Paul, please come share with us this morning. Amen. Give him a round. Praise the Lord. It is true. We go way, way back. But I want, I want you to know, I love this church. Uh, last year, you made an impression on me, um, and that's a good, it's a, was a good imp- impression, you know, I just want to say that, um, uh, I, I believe that this church really is here on purpose, uh, God planted you guys here, uh, we were driving from, uh, you know, down from Cedarville, uh, down up, I guess you would call it. And I thought, wow, this, this church is strategically positioned because I imagined what this must look like in the dead of winter. And I thought, this church has got to stand out. I mean, that's the best thing going in the whole area. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Isn't this the best thing going in this area? I mean, come on. This is a great church. I want you to know it's a great church. So we're very happy to be here. Um, just want to talk, talk, talk shortly about Madagascar. We have 109 children uh, right now. And uh, we only, I think we have support for about 60 of them right now. Uh, it costs $20 a month per child uh, per month to clothe them, feed them, give them uh, edu- a Christian education, and also um, occasional medical assistance. So uh, if you want to sign up, you can sign up for this $20 a month for a year, and it'll go a long way, not just in taking care of those kids, but it's what God is going to do with those kids. They're already right now, whether they know it or not, they're changing that whole uh, area, and we believe they will change that nation for Christ, because it's a dark environment. You, you know, if you think of uh, lemurs in Madagascar, uh, uh, that's they're not representative. Lemurs are cute. Madagascar is ugly uh, as far as the morality and uh, corruption and everything else. So we're really uh, investing in those kids so that they can change that whole environment, okay? Uh, if you can't do that kind of commitment, uh, you can do something. Say to the person next year, I can do something. Even kids. We, we had a bunch of kids in a church in um, uh, Michigan. Uh, two kids. They went out and collect, asked people to give cans, you know, aluminum cans. They raised $800 because everybody, they just advertise it. They asked, you know, parents and people in the area, $800. The governor sent them a letter to congratulate them on, on uh, their effort. All the way, blessing the kids to Madagascar. The what? Nah, I don't know. Maybe he did. I, I was not informed anyway. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a, so if kids can do that, I think we can do something. We can put a dollar in that basket back there, or five dollars. I, I have it from a reliable source that actually if you put even a hundred in there, it's not going to jump out. 
You know, it's not going to jump back at you. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, uh, talk briefly about the book. Uh, this is the latest one, a Faith Odyssey. And it shows where Josette and I came from. Uh, poor people called us poor. Okay, uh, Just a, a very rough beginning. And we want this to be an encouragement um, for anybody that thinks that because of you know, they were born the wrong color, on the wrong side of the track, or because they had a, a rough going in the beginning, in early life, that they don't think that God can use them. We are living proof that God can take anybody. If he took us, he can take anybody and really make somebody out of him. We've been affecting lives, thousands and thousands of lives all over the world for 30 years now. And uh, we started, you, you can't start any lower than where we started, okay? So anyway, this will be an encouragement to you, or if you know somebody that might let their past uh, affect their present or their future, uh, they will be blessed by this book. This will be a great encouragement. There's some funny stories in there. Um, my favorite ones are not in there. So I'm, I think I'm going to have to write another book. Because Josette wouldn't let me write the most. This, this woman, she can make you laugh. She, and she doesn't even know. She doesn't even realize. So <laughs> praise God. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. Let's pray over the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, you're here this morning. In fact, there would be no reason for us to be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you that uh, we are here in your name. And therefore... We believe that not only are you in the midst of us, but you're here to give us answers, to give us directions, to encourage us, and Lord Jesus, to make us more like you. That is my prayer, Lord God, that whatever is being said this morning will get, get us closer to you and make us more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 13. I received an advertisement. You probably, you know, right nowadays because of the internet, I think the, the post office only functions on uh, distributing advertising anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, Josette goes to the mailbox and she brings out a pile like this, and uh, it's all just junk mail. So among that junk mail, there was a card with a key attached to it. It was from a local dealership. And what they were offering is, okay, they give, if I bring in the keys to the car I have, they're going to exchange it for a key to a new vehicle. And I thought, how good is that? <laughs> so I drove all the way from east of Knoxville to the other side of Knoxville, about 40 miles. And I thought I was going to trade it. See, I had bought a car that I didn't like. I called I'll, my I'll be back car. That means I can't afford the one I really want. So, you know, I'll, I'll drive this for a while. Well... When I got there, by the time that it was all said and done, they were going to put me in a car that was older, with more miles, and with higher payments than mine. I mean, wh why would I do a stupid thing like that? But the, the idea was to exchange what I had for something hopefully better, right? Well, that didn't work out. But, you know, uh, if you want a good deal, car dealerships is not where you should look. Okay. Uh, but, you know, and that's the world. That's the way the world operates. But I want to talk to you about a great exchange. It's based on the same principle. You, you bring something to the table, and you get something in exchange. But the one that's giving us something in exchange is Jesus. And all he ever gives us is wonderful. It is Better than anything we could ever dream of. Amen. Amen. But the principle stays the same. 
we have to be willing to exchange what we have to get what he has to offer. Amen? So let's go to Matthew 13 and verse 46. Hallelujah. Now this is Jesus talking. should be red letters in your Bible, unless you got a hold of a cheap one. Um, and, and here's what Jesus says. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is a person that is making a living buying and selling pearls. Are we in agreement? Okay. So I would think that the pearls that he has in inventory are pearls that he judges to have value. You know, he knows at some point he's going to have to sell them, right? So he's not going to buy something that's, that's worthless. Those pearls that he has in, you know, in his store or whatever are worth something to him, are they not? But because he finds something, a pearl that is better and of greater value than everything he has, he says, there's no contest here. I don't even have to think about that one. So he exchanges that, what he has, for something better. Amen? We, how many of us would like to do an exchange to get something better than what we have now? You know, if, you, if you're driving a... I hate... I hate to name name, but you know, let's say a Volkswagen, a cheap Volkswagen, and, and somebody wants to trade a Mercedes in, uh, is there somebody that would uh, refuse that deal? Probably not. Amen? But we, we all want to get something better. We, we all want more money, don't we? Don't we? You don't even care, do you? <laughs> But we want something better, right? We want something better. But sometimes, sometimes we hesitate and we're afraid because we know what we have. And it's hard to, because we don't know, because we don't always trust God. We're not sure that what he's going to give us in exchange is better. Right? Okay. There's a, well, it's called, it's, it's called the element of the unknown, but that's why we live by faith and not by sight. Because if all you do is live by, by sight, you'll never exchange anything. That's what is millions of people for whom Jesus died so that none would perish but all have everlasting life. They're not willing to change their own life or trade in their old life for the new. Amen? Because they think, I'm going to, oh, I won't be able to do what I used to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, what you'll get to do is so much better than what you used to do. You know, I don't miss hangovers. I really don't. I, I, you know, all the stuff that I used to do that I used to kind of enjoy, I, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Amen? Because, why? Because I found something better. I found something better. So, one word in here strikes me in, in Matthew uh, uh, thirteen forty six is the word seeking. See, when you seek something... It, there's nothing casual about it. You actually look intently looking for something. You're seeking. You, you know, until you find it, you get no rest. You say, I will find what I'm seeking. Yeah. Amen? And that's the case of this, this man. So he knows that what he has is not satisfying. Right. He said, there's got to be more than those pearls that I have. Amen? And that's an attitude we should have. Is almost desperate. You look at the woman with the issue of blood. 
Do you think that she was seeking healing from her condition? Look, look at her attitude. I mean, she's like a bulldog. She said, I will get my blessing if it's the last thing I do. Same for Bartimaeus. You know, he sees Jesus. They, they try to push him away. And he cries out even louder. He is seeking. He knows. He refuses to stay the way he is. Just like that woman. Just like that man with a with pearl. He has no rest until he finds that one pearl. That's why Jesus uses as an illustration. Amen? Come with me to... Come with me to Matthew 19.23. This is the case of a man that was obviously seeking, but he was seeking the wrong thing. Uh, in a way, he was dissatisfied, but guess what? Because he was unwilling to give something up, he did not get what he really was seeking. Are you there yet? Yes. Matthew 19 and verse 30, 33. <clears throat> no, no, I'm sorry. There's only 30 verses, so it cannot be. <laughs> let's, let's read. Um, you know, we, we look at this young man and we say, my goodness, he's got it made. Uh, he's rich. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's respect, been respectful of all the commandments, lived right. And then Jesus loves him instantly. How, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. This is it. But yet he says something very significant. He says in uh, verse... Um, In verse 20, he says, The young man said, All these things, talking about the commandments, I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? In other words, he doesn't know what he's lacking, but he has that feeling inside. He says, there's something not right. Just like us. When there's something missing, we know it. Hello? No, nobody has to tell you what it is. You, you may not even be able to identify, but you know there's something, something not right, something missing. So that's his case. And then Jesus, what does Jesus tell him in response? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, meaning if you want to find what it is that you are lacking... Go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven and come, follow me. That does not sound like the answer he was looking for. Right? And what does Jesus, why is Jesus saying that? What Jesus wanted, he, he had no problem with him having money. He had a problem with money having him. He was relying on his finances more than on God. And Jesus was trying to point out to him is that those, you know, finances are really funny. Josette went to uh, Madagascar by herself. She wouldn't take me with her. Uh, anyway, pray for me, would you? Devine, pray for me. So anyway, she, are you okay? Okay. So she went to Madagascar, and um, they, she exchanged some money to be able to help the village and stuff. And she ended up being a multimillionaire for about 10 minutes. Because of the exchange rate. Okay, 
So money is, is, is really strange. You know, let's say you have big investments and the stock market dips 800 points in one day like it did last week. It just kind of, whoa, it, it's hard to rely on that, right? So Jesus is saying, okay, don't rely on your money, on your resources, but exchange it for real money, for treasure in heaven. We have to do this every time we go to a foreign country, is we take dollars and we exchange it for other currency. It's called a conversion. See, a lot of people are saved and they're not converted, Pastor. Because they're not willing to trade what they have for what Jesus is promising them. Amen? We exchanged our money a long time ago. We, we don't rely. Thank God we never relied on, on, on you know, churches or, or people to support us. Because we, we went to France with $500 a month. I got news for you. You can't live in France with 500 bucks. But she would go to the ATM knowing there was no money in the bank and $300 would come out, sometimes $500. It happened several times. I was questioning her. I thought, there's no, you, you do know there's no money in the bank. But she would go and God always supplied. See, God is faithful because we never relied on the world's money but on his provision. Amen? Holly, I tell you, it's the only way to fly. Living by faith is a great adventure. So what are we exchanging? Well, the first thing we exchange is a sinful life in exchange for what Jesus calls the abundant life. Right? Now, a lot of us, are, when we think about abundant life, we think, oh, in the sweet by and by, hallelujah, I'm, I'm going to have a mansion in heaven. Well, good, but I really, if it's all okay with you, I don't want to live in a shack right here. I mean, hey. See, when Jesus talks about an abundant life, he's not talking about the sweet by and by. He's talking about right now. Right now. So it's a good deal. We exchange our stinking life, what we used to have, for what he gives us. How about our righteousness? You know, we can become self-righteous and think that, boy, if I perform good this week, you know, if I just don't blow it this week, or if I, if I go to church, have a perfect attendance record, if I, if I pay my tithes, I'm going to get God's favor. Well, if, the, if it was uh, based on a merit system, we'd all be in trouble because none of us would be saved. Right. It has nothing to do about merit. It has to do about His righteousness. Right. Yes. We have to be willing to give up. And that's, that was the whole problem with the Pharisees. They held on to their own righteousness and never were ready to exchange it for God's righteousness. Amen? How about wisdom? How many of you lack wisdom? We should all raise our hands. Tell you flat out, I'll pray for you if you think you have enough wisdom to face anything that the devil throws at you. We're not smart enough. We don't have the means to respond to certain situations. We just don't. We, sometimes we think we do. And then when something happens in our life that's beyond our ability to solve, then we say, hmm, maybe, maybe I should ask for wisdom like James talks about, right? See, you know, the wisdom that we do have, the Bible calls it earthly, carnal, I think, natural, and demonic. No good. I'd rather have, listen, there's nothing that the wisdom of God cannot solve. Right. Nothing, nothing. You know, there's nothing that takes God by surprise. 
I like that. How about um, freedom? I was telling the folks this morning, I, I, I don't know how it came up. I, I saw a clip of, the, of Woodstock back in the 60s. And I remember this thing. I, I was there back then. You were too young. But I, I, I was there during, not Woodstock, okay, but I was, during that era. And they portrayed that to represent freedom. And then I, I took a look at those people that were attending Woodstock, glazed eyes, just, you know, out of their mind. You know, I don't know what they were smoking, but it was, it was pretty potent based on the result that I could, you could see. And I thought, if that's freedom, then I should be locked up because I don't want this. That is not free. That's called bondage. Amen? But Jesus says, I, if, if I or the Son makes you free, then you're free indeed. See, we have not experienced freedom until we experience the freedom we have in Jesus. How about peace? Remember the peace and love? <laughs> See, Jesus makes a distinction. Because we come to interpret peace meaning uh, no problems. Everything is going good. My bills are paid. And, and uh, the boss has been pretty almost normal. Uh, mother-in-law has been leaving me alone. The kids are doing good in school. I, I have peace. But that's the peace that the world gives. It means the absence of conflict. Jesus makes a distinction. He said, I'll give you my peace that passes all understanding. When everything is falling apart, you still have the peace of God. Amen? How about identity? Wow. We all have one. You have an identity. I can tell. You know, you, were you playing the guitar there? Cool. Cool. And I love your guitar. But you have a personality. You worked hard at it. Took you, how old are you? Uh, 47. Huh? 47. 47? Oh, my God. <laughs> how do you pick up a young chick like that? God is good. God is good. <laughs> but, you know, you develop, you develop, we all developed a personality. Okay? Good, bad, indifferent. And sometimes that is who we think we are. I like what Paul said. Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. That means he, and he talks about it. He says, I gave up a lot of things. My education, I was raised as a Pharisee. I was a persecutor of the church. And he gave all that up in exchange for becoming who God wanted him to be. He came out pretty good, I think. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So identity, ha but we have to give up our identity in favor of his. Amen? Yeah. Now, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Uh, this morning I was mentioning Elisha. I mean, this man... Uh, he doesn't need anything. He's doing well. Right? He's involved in an agricultural uh, exploitation. He's doing well. And then a prophet comes and basically tells him to come and, and pour water on his hands. Serve him. That does not look, sound like a promotion to me. Right? But he did follow him. Right? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? He did it because he, he anticipated what was going to be given to him at the end, which was a double anointing. But there were no promises made. But he was willing to exchange his life for a better life. What he perceived to be a better life. How about Peter and Andrew? 
the commercial fishermen. They're doing well. And I like the way this happened. We, we don't see everything that we see in the Bible that where, where you can take it and transpose it into real life. Peter and Andrew are involved in a business. They're right in the middle of it. This is how they earn their living. And Jesus comes and he says, follow me, meaning follow me now. Well, imagine somebody coming to your workplace. You're working on the assembly line. Somebody comes in and says, hey, shut off the machine. Come follow me. Jesus did not make an appointment with them. He didn't say, I'll check back six months from now. After you've sold the business and you, you know, everything is okay, you, you've, you talk with your wife. These guys didn't even talk to their wives. They followed him. Probably got in trouble later, but... <laughs> huh? So, listen, sometimes trading... What we have does not make sense. The little widow that had enough oil and flour for her and her son. Don't tell me that makes sense. You know when it made sense? Uh, during the famine and after the famine, where all, a lot of people died during that famine. But her and her son lived well. So it was this. The, listen, this flour and oil had a lot of value. It's the last meal, right? But then she traded that for something much better. How about the little uh, boy? I like the little boy uh, that brought his lunch of five loaves and two fishes. Uh, how did he get those? He didn't stop at, uh, at the local uh, grocery store. His mama made it, right? His mama made him lunch. Who was at lunch for? For the little boy, right? She did not prepare this for anybody else, for him to share. It was his, his lunch. So he goes to this meeting that Jesus held. Next thing you know, they ask him to give the lunch that the mama has so lovingly prepared. Okay, he gives it. And we know what happened. 5,000 men plus the women and children. It's estimated it's tens of thousands of people that were fed that day. Out of one little lunch. Let's say he had not given that lunch away. He had eaten his lunch, like we say. See, a lot of us, we're eating our own lunch. And don't realize, <laughs> I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, one dollar that goes to those kids in Madagascar, what that will produce, not just to get them, you know, feed them for one day. I'm not talking about that. God will take care of these kids. He's been taking care of them for 12 years, so he's going to continue. But what this will do for an entire nation, there's no way you can, you can count it. Because, because somebody realized that it's not a dollar, it's not five dollars, it is investing in the kingdom of heaven Putting into the kingdom's treasury where there's always multiplication. So, let's say he goes home and he, he ate his own lunch. All he can do is thank his mama for feeding him. But imagine him coming home that night and telling mama, Guess what happened today? Oh, you know that lunch that you prepared for me? I hesitate a little bit when they asked me to give it away. But, you know, what the heck? Gave my lunch away. And guess what happened? 
this preacher, he gave thanks to God, and then he broke it, and then, oh, I can't, still can't believe it. All these multitudes of people were fed out of that lunch that you prepared for me. I'll tell you, there was a celebration in that house that night. Amen? Amen. So what would we bring to the table? Come with me, last scripture, 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Hmm. Uh, let, let's read. Uh, let's read starting in verse 15, chapter 5. And he died for all, that those, those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, say from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet no no, now we know him thus no longer. In other words, we don't know Jesus according to the flesh. But I tell you, we should not know ourselves according to the flesh. Too many times, you know, we look at ourselves and it, the picture we have of ourselves is tainted. It's distorted because of, you know, bad things that happen to us. Imagine somebody that's gone through a divorce. See, if, if, if that's your, your case, listen, there's nothing you can do about it now, right? But you cannot let that event dictate your future. That is not, you're not a divorcee. You are a man or woman of God that has been healed that is a new creation if you have accepted Jesus into your heart. From now on, don't know yourself according to your failures or according to your past. Know yourself according to Christ. Amen? If anyone, listen to this, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's pretty cool. You know, the person that you are today, never in the history of humanity has existed before. You are unique. Hello? Do you know you're unique? Tell the person next to you, and don't smile, don't laugh. Tell them you're unique. You know, some of us are more unique than others. But <laughs> if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, we usually stop there, and we think we got the whole information. There's the rest of the story. We, all things, this is the rest of the story, all things have passed away, behold, all things have, have, have become new. They have become new, but have you noticed that there's something, a pre-existing condition? Something needs to take place before all things can become new. This is called the exchange. We bring what is old and quite frankly, there's not much to write home about. Huh? See, you get, you get to have a clean record. You get to have a future. You get to have all the promises of God, which are yea and amen. 
the plans, according to Jeremiah 29:11, plans of peace and happiness, abundant life that we wrote about in John 10:10. 10, 10. I mean, you talk about the package, the things that God has prepared for those who are willing to exchange the old in favor of the future. I told the people this morning, Devine loved that. We need to kick out the old rearview mirror. Get rid of that stinking thing. You don't need a rearview mirror to go where God wants to take you. Just, just, you know, if you drive only looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to hit a tree once in a, you know, eventually. Amen? Now, I had a picture here this morning when I, during the worship. This is called Sault Ste. Marie, right? Yes. What does Sioux mean? Oh, no, what do they call these things over there? Locks. I believe God is about to open, not the locks, but the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot even contain. But it's almost like you got your hands on the, on the lever or the button. If you want to hold on to your past, they will not open. But that's what God wants to do. Is open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot even contain. This goes for those of you that have been born again for years and years. And those of you that want to make that decision this morning. Where you're going to say, wait a minute. My mama did not raise a dummy. I look at what my life is. And there's not much to write home about. I, I, think, I think I'm going to trade that life for what Jesus is promising me today. Amen? I tell you, the choice is ours. God will not force us to make the trade. It's all the ball is our court. So we're going to pray. Let's bow our heads and... Close our eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord God, that you have plans. You, you have it all figured out. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the one that gives the answer today. There's directions being changed. I thank you, Lord God, that there are men and women at the crossroads right now. Lord God, and, and they can go in either direction they want. But some are going to decide... They're going to go your way. They're going to choose to go and accept the offer that you're making them. They will not be like that rich young ruler that when he heard that he had to give up something, he went away, sadly. But Lord God, they will make that choice in Jesus' name. And I know, Lord God, that you will open those windows of heaven and pour out a blessing they cannot even contain. Right now, I, I just want to ask you, if you're here this morning and, and you never, never accepted to exchange your sin for life, for the life that Jesus is offering. In other words, you've never been born again, never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you the opportunity to do this now. And all you have to do is raise your hand. I won't even call you forward. I, I just want to see you. You raise your hand, and I will pray for you. Hallelujah. I'm looking around. Are you born again this morning? Because you cannot have it both ways. You're going to raise your hand. If you're born again, I want to see your hands this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand up right now? Hallelujah. We're going to make a confession. Hallelujah. Are you ready? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for giving me new life. I'm so glad that you paid for me. I'm so glad that I'm not my own. But that I've been bought with a price. Lord Jesus, this morning, whatever I need to surrender, whatever I need to bring to the table, I do it willingly in exchange for what you promise. Right now, I expect for the windows of heaven to open up on my behalf. And I believe that you're pouring out a blessing that I cannot even contain. Surprise me, Jesus. Astonish me. May it be beyond belief what you are going to do in my life. I surrender now. And I accept what you have for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. You may be seated for just one quick moment. We are going to receive an offering. If you want to make out a check, you can make it out to SCF. We'll make sure all of it goes to Jean-Paul and Joseph.